Hello and welcome to Enough Wicker, a podcast where we leave brain cells all over the eastern seaboard as we discuss the greatest television show of all time, The Golden Girls. I'm Lauren. And I'm Sarah. And today we're tackling the 144th and 145th episodes in the series, There Goes the Bride. The two-part wedding episode where the wedding dress is better than the finale. <laughs> yeah, good summary. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. That's all I got to say. Good night, everyone. <laughs> um, that's what was really funny. It struck me when, you know, obviously we're handling both parts, so we're skipping ahead to the wedding dress. And I was like, this is actually so much better. <laughs> Yeah, it totally is. Mm-hmm. But I love this one. I love how it starts, you know, in medias race, like in the middle of things where we already, like Dorothy and Stan have already been having a secret relationship for a long time, you know, that Rose and Blanche know about. And then it's like typical, you know, that Dorothy takes the bike. And like, I just, I really love that <laughs> conceit because it works really well. And you don't, you don't have to have a story where like things start you know, uh, especially yeah. with the lack of continuity um, in this show, it like doesn't even matter. You know, you can just be like, oh, we just skipped ahead in time a little bit and the, and the, the viewers will understand. Yeah. And at least this one makes sense because like we like Dorothy and Stan have been, you know, kind of sneaking around for however long at this point. But it's not like the Miles storyline, which just like totally, completely changes right. course without an explanation. Like this is like there's some background to um you know to like kind of fill in the gaps and also yeah I love that Dorothy I mean that um Rose and Blanche know and it it actually I feel like not that uh I I think that this is also a good way to address kind of the recurring complaint of sitcoms which is like they have to introduce things and like then you have to package it into 22 minutes or, or you know however long and like in this one they're not they kind of subvert that, which I feel like is really, it's like a really good use of that. Yeah. Um, and like, also it, it cuts out a lot of the stuff that we don't really need. Like we don't need to see Dorothy and Sam getting together again. Like we already know we've seen that a million times. So I think that also makes it a little bit more fun. Cause like the focus is on the sneaking around, at least initially. Yeah, um, exactly. And we don't need to be like, how did this happen? Like we know how it happened. Exactly. And the, yeah, the canoodling, you know, as you're saying, like, we're, it's not a surprise, like we've already, uh, they've been sort of canoodling and rekindling since the Japanese episode. Um, and by the Japanese episode, I mean, when Dorothy and Stan went to go sell his novelties to the Japanese. Right, I know. And he gave him a respectable soft sell. Um <laughs> <laughs> but, so impressive. <laughs> but uh, yeah, exactly. So but yeah, I really like this. But so speaking of continuity, which is really interesting, and I'm sure you caught it as well, <clears throat> we hear from Rose that Miles is in Europe with some students, right? Which is why she's sort of, quote unquote, dating his friend Ray. Um, and you're like, wait, what are you talking about? Is this supposed to be like an excuse? Because like, you know, his his uh, witness protection, like that's what she says about him when people ask, you know, but it's actually because this episode was produced before miles to go and the network just decided to air it and like broadcast him differently um so that's what i think is really funny is that like it's actually like a goof in sort of the continuity of the series although as we know this series has really no continuity (laughs) or cares about it but um but it's an interesting catch that does kind of work in the witness protection way (laughs) which it was completely yeah yeah that's that is 
that's a good call out because also I think in the Miles to Go episode, I may have misspoken and said that it's not in the Kaluji book, but it is, but it's in, it's after this one. So I didn't yes, yes, like yes. flip ahead because I assumed, you know, but that totally checks out. And I, I don't know. I do find that to be like a pretty <laughs> grave injustice, like by the network. Like yeah. it's like this storyline is so wacky and so like, I know, especially because we know it picks up with witness. Like we know that it comes oh, yeah. back. So it's just like a total disregard for like the audience really, I think. And I, I definitely think that's also like one of the four horsemen of the apocalypse in terms of a sitcom. It's like that, lack of like that simply not being the reason not to air them in this way and the network not like sort of prioritizing that like definitely I think signifies a a shift in definitely a shift in like tv wide priorities but also I think it signifies like the end of the golden girls being like top of the top ratings wise yeah for sure for sure I think you're right and, uh, you know, it's interesting, too, and you referenced Colucci's book. I mean, you know, I- I'd love for you to also get into Debbie Reynolds here as a guest star. But, they, you know, they reference that, you know, at this point, B. Arthur was beginning to sort of say she wanted to do more theater and like, you know, sort of just like put the feelers out for I'm kind of ready for this to be done, you know? Um, yeah. So it's really it's interesting that, that we're at this peak without this point. So. Anyway, yeah, yeah, so I Debbie Reynolds. <laughs> yeah, I think in response to that largely. So like basically B had his I, I think maybe even more sort of like clearly like made it known that she was nearing the end yes. of her role in the Golden Girls, like wanted to leave. And so the producers, I think, which ultimately probably ended up as Golden Palace, like the producers and I assume like they had confirmation from the rest of the cast that like they were interested in continuing for as long as they could. So um, basically there were these conversations about like bringing in a character to replace Dorothy or kind of like as uh, like a stopgap until B was officially gone or like, you know, a test sort of thing to bring in a new guest star every week um, and to kind of have that be the hook. And Debbie Reynolds was sort of the first pass at that. And I think it's pretty I think it's a pretty common refrain among Golden Girls fans that like everybody loves Debbie Reynolds. Like she has great chemistry. She's a little, Truby's a little bit close to Blanche, but it's okay. Cause like they seem to like each other a lot. And like, yeah. Like they play off of that with this dialogue, which I love. Yeah. Yeah. And like her immediate response to Rose really works. Like I think she just sort of seamlessly fits in. Um, but Debbie basically was like, yeah, I would have loved to stay in or done more on the show or whatever, but like, ultimately they didn't really need me like the show was the show was working yeah. even though b arthur wanted to leave or you know even though there was sort of this like these plot misses and things like that like totally i, I think the part of it, they don't need shaking up like the cast is still very solid so um anyway that's sort of why she didn't continue but i think the feeling that like i have that i feel like most fans have that like she would have been great um was definitely palpable like on set and throughout the production it just like it didn't work you know like it, it wasn't necessary i guess yeah exactly exactly oh man but she is great though <laughs> she is phenomenal so great we love truby <laughs> oh god it's awesome um but uh, all right well so should we get into it yeah are you skunk weed <laughs> <laughs> yeah also, uh, speaking of Debbie Reynolds, though, I don't know if you caught when Rose, you know, they're like, it's not over till the fat lady sings. And then Rose goes, I'm singing. 
singing in the rain and yeah, there's like <laughs> first of all there's like a yelp from the audience which is awesome um but that you know debbie reynolds wasn't singing in the rain which is fantastic right, wow it's such a nice little like wink from the gay writers <laughs> totally yeah 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 um yeah that really made me laugh I you know obviously I knew it was coming but I it really got a reaction out of me you were you were the the Yelp the Yelp lady in the audience I was (laughs) it's so cute it's like it's just so fun to be reminded that it's being filmed in front of a live audience it's just people losing their shit (laughs) yeah what a time (laughs) in American TV um i love also the special visitor cycle syncing thing oh my god so great it's just so funny and like we talked about the special visitor like euphemism back at like end of the curse and like yeah like a bunch of other times but also um it's crazy because like so much of scientific actual things that are behaviors of women and like menstruation and like women's health and all this like even like the G spot, I feel like was so for so long treated as like it's a myth. We don't know if it's real. Blah oh, blah yeah, blah. But like absolutely, the cycle sinking. Like I feel like people are like, wow, this is like crazy. Sometimes this happens, but like it's a scientific thing that like happened. You know, like I just I feel like it was such a a reminder of like things like that. Where particularly in the nineties, there was like all of these questions about like women's health and like sexuality and like mm-hmm. nobody really knows because it's like not scientifically studied. But like that's just because we don't it's because we're misogynistic. <laughs> women. That's it. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> that's all it is. You're like all of this shit is totally real. And in fact, women and other you know, women scientists and even just like women who are in tune with, you know, their ancestors and things like that of like this this is actually something that's real um which is amazing but i mean i love flipping that that joke on the head of you know the same cycle when you both have gone through menopause yeah (laughs) it's just a perfect fit for the show and it's great and it actually it's amazing because the lightheartedness um with which you know rose and and rose especially really but all of them you know talking about um menstruation like all just all of the like you know almost taboo subjects for both their generation as well as for like the broadcast 80s television here now we're in the 90s it you can see the evolution of like rose being more comfortable as a person and as a woman talking with her roommates about these things right where she's like i haven't had my special visit in years whereas i feel like first season rose or early second season rose would have been a little more prudish and like not sort of laugh that off i guess yeah totally that's a good observation for sure <laughs> so i also love like the you scallywag you skunkweed what's that mean i don't know what does yours mean <laughs> <laughs> i love it <laughs> it's another great way to call out like rose i mean uh blanche's ridiculousness and yeah I mean, this, this whole beginning is just such a good run because it's just all lines where it's like you know i wrote the book on dating what's it called you know it doesn't have a title <laughs> what's so terrible about going right to bed hey blanche that's a great title for your book and it's like everything is just constant beats you know and there's and it's not like constant beats on the same joke there's like five jokes in this <laughs> in this beginning yeah totally i even like I love the helmet thing when Rose is like Dorothy. Oh my God, so and like great. it's so <laughs> funny and like it's so also like because you think the joke is initially Blanche being like I have a date with Sam, can I borrow your bike? And it's yeah. like that's <laughs> yeah. funny by itself, but then like Rose is you know absolutely like insisting that Dorothy wear the helmet is very Rose. So and Rose, totally Dorothy, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Dorothy being like, oh, okay. Like, I, I really, really love that. that oh, 
it's magnificent there. it is magnificent um it's uh it's also great that like <laughs> it's just like in the cabinet in the kitchen like it's just perfect i love the uh just the convenience of sets right of like what you have to do um <laughs> on a tv show it's just really great because i i also remember like in arrested development there being some joke about like oh those you know those tv shows that are just such you know they have such great attention to detail and then like george michael opens like a kitchen cabinet and there's like a dirty starbucks cup in there yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. it's, like, it's just so great it's like yeah of course we keep the bike helmet not in the garage with the bike but definitely in the kitchen cabinet where like <laughs> you have so much space yeah <laughs> it's really really phenomenal um but uh but yeah it's like and and rose so like at the end of that scene right where she like you know rose gets her to i hate what this does with my hair and like rose gets her to wear the bike um wear the bike wear the bike helmet um <laughs> rose's expression again like in this newer later you know series confident rose like she just has this look like uh-huh that's right and not in like a cocky sort of way but in a just like apparent being very like relieved that her child like listened to her for for safety (laughs) yeah it's really 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 cute (laughs) and like a getting her way sort of thing and I think the other thing is like with this like it's so clear that Rose is right like everybody's like yeah you you really should wear a helmet like it's definitely the safer decision and so like Rose is like has the high ground in every way and so she's like I, I feel like there is a little bit of a running gag of her like feeling very proud of herself when she like gets these sort of is the victor in these instances. And um this is a great one. And and like Dorothy has to do it. <laughs> There's nothing she can do. <laughs> I know, for real. Um <laughs> Can we talk about uh the lobster chowderheads? <laughs> yeah, not so tough without your lobster. <laughs> <laughs> Also, like, how is the lobster chowderhead scary? And then she just moves on. Like, it's just like, oh, yeah, I mean, that's what I'm saying. You know, it's so funny. Um, I do really, I enjoy this B story just because it's light and it's fine. Although it does also make really good points about, like, checking your car and being worried as a woman, you know, and, like, being threatened. Like, it seems like it's so grave. And then, of course, it's actually not. I mean, it is grave because if we talk about cutting the wires on somebody's brake cables, I mean, that's a whole other thing. Right, it's a little but, serious, yeah. <laughs> a little serious. But obviously, like, the punchline is that it's, like, this timid old lady who's, like, going to Shady Pines. Um, but so I kind of I kind of like that payoff where it's a relief that there isn't more serious things going on and you can focus on Dorothy, Stan, and Sophia's drama. You know, I think it's really nice. Yeah, yeah, I have a bunch of parts in my notes where, like, I totally agree. I think it's funny. It's like presented in like a, a light way. But then there are moments where I'm like, Myra's calling her at work and threatening her. Like there are moments where I'm like, this, if I really am thinking about it, this woman is a little bit psychotic. And I mean, like, seriously, actually threatening. Like, she really, yeah, it's, act, it's actually, like, yeah. Like if you think about it for two seconds. <laughs> yeah, you're like, huh, okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> Yeah. Um, how about toilet papering the Weston's house? What oh, a God. what a crossover! It's so what a... great. Well, I mean, you know, Matt Browning would be so proud, so great when we I get know. into these these super crossovers. But like, I really, I really love where they take something hilarious that like Rose is totally misfired on, and then Dorothy's like, "No, oh, what the hell?" <laughs> yeah, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> it's really exciting. 
Oh, it's really great. I, I kind of wish there was like a follow up on that in like a future episode about like toilet papering a house or something like that. But um, yeah, it'd be fun to see. <laughs> it's so great. It's so great. But I do love um, I do love the the discussion. So next up, you know, where where Dorothy's just really like kind of head over heels and talking about Stan. <laughs> like, he's brought new meaning to the word solicitous. What was the old meaning again? I mean, <laughs> yeah. Once again, once again, I just love that Rose it's it's funny because i feel like i feel like when i was younger i would totally just pretend to know things for fear of like being embarrassed you know or people were like oh you've seen that movie right and it's like yeah totally <laughs> like when i was when i was yeah, a really little kid right and uh i just i really appreciate that rose is always like i don't know this can you, yeah can you well, <laughs> she tries to sneak it in there but it's really hilarious yeah yeah she tries to get it in there it's like it's kind of like when she um talks about uh kissing and cathartizing it's not like but I see what you mean because it's not meant to be like duplicitous exactly like like no. when I like when I'd be like yeah no I totally know that one like I have no idea you know like but I feel like it's meant to she thinks she's pulling one over like she thinks she's like and just you know for sake of whatever like what's the old meaning again? yes exactly <laughs> like just for the benefit of everyone <laughs> <laughs> oh god she's great I also like and, oh my god go ahead I was gonna say what like oh my god Betty White is just in this so many of my notes are just like lines when she's like I can't help you right now I'm, I'm on, on the, the phone. phone and she's so like self-satisfied and Blanche is like I don't know what the fuck to do with you yeah. <laughs> it's incredible <laughs> um well with that too you know the the callback as you all know i love a callback um where sophia comes in on the phone and she's like do you know what our number one export was <laughs> ransom notes i had a flashback on the can i mean i i died laughing that that's that's one of my favorite lines ever <laughs> because it just the way she brings it back oh uh it's it's incredible um, but before, so before that though, the, um, when Dorothy's like pontificating about, about Stan and her relationship, I kind of really love the whole like lettuce crisper toupee thing because yeah, <laughs> it actually is kind of like a great metaphor for, or analogy or whatever for like, you have to accept people's, like everything can't be so head over heels with everyone when you actually are committing to an, a, a real relationship as opposed to just like the early stages like there are going to be things that your partner does that you do not like but you have to decide whether it's worth it or not and the way she says like you know like <laughs> i don't like that he keeps still keeps his toupee the lettuce crisper but it does look fresher and you deal with it <laughs> just like you deal with it line is like it's actually so philosophical and I, I would expect nothing less from dorothy to be able to turn like a lettuce crisper toupee comment into something that could really just be representative of every long-term relationship and compromise <laughs> Yeah, that's true. I was actually going to ask you, like, do you, okay, so I get, I, and I think also, like, I am into the Dorothy and Stan, like, you kind ship of them? long-term, well, I, I wouldn't quite say that I ship them, but I <laughs> get it. I think they're in, they're in each other's spaces a lot. I think there's, like, obviously long-term connection and, like, yeah, whatever. I think it's, I think there's something there, but I was curious, like, what you think about obviously eventually Dorothy says this outright but like would she have gotten herself into this like this sort of like deep into it of like really considering marrying him again like would she make this mistake again I, I obviously pre 
prenup but you know like I don't know what do you think I don't know I the marriage thing is a little different but I do think that for a woman like Dorothy her her end goal is marriage in a, in a romantic relationship just flat out with it with anyone right especially the end goal is a successful marriage particularly because she had a marriage that failed I, I think it's kind of irrelevant here that, well, irrelevant in the in the terms of a goal of a successful marriage that it's Stan, because I think what we saw with the episode where she was helping him with you know his, his Japanese sales um, and laying the groundwork there, that he he's presenting entirely as a different Stan. He is putting out all of his romance. <laughs> he's successful. Yeah, exactly. He's successful financially. He seems to have his shit together. And he, I mean, when, when, you know, flashing forward a little bit, when he's like proposing again, he goes, and it's for keeps. Like I'm his, his vibe is like, I'm done with the bullshit, you know, of my life. And I realize I fucked up. So I, I think it's so compelling, particularly since like, there is always going to be that kernel of attraction and pull between them because to your point they have so much history and they're in each other's space so much so like i absolutely can see her making this mistake because what she what she cannot see the forest for the trees she is not she has moved on so much in her personal life throughout this series away from that guy that i feel like she thinks it's a totally like new thread whereas sophia from the outside can only see the past of what had happened before and is doing everything in her power to not have have it happen again like in even if he has changed so much to sophia's point and kind of to my point he doesn't deserve another chance you know right um but i do think it's so it's just uh, yeah it's it's too um attractive for her to have one an attractive man, you know, Stan that she's so comfortable with to the the like reasonable evidence that he has really changed and turned his life around. And three, that her ultimate goal is, is to be married and partnered and not to be lonely anymore. You know, so I, I totally yeah. can see all of this happening, which is why I think this two parter is really genius. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. It's funny. So a couple things. One, you said, uh, <laughs> made me think of the song love kernels which is in crazy ex-girlfriend which is rachel bloom show rachel bloom is featured on the colucci book like in the back we're yeah. doing it um so it's you know it's all coming together and basically it's the song is, is that it's like the main character sort of like kind of revisiting a romance with this guy and like he's dropping these like hints essentially that like he does like her but he it's different like he doesn't want to commit but i think it's the same sort of like picking up these pieces of like he's different but also we're so comfortable um and it's funny because like you know I've talked about how Michelle my partner like has watched the Golden Girls sort of sporadically and like you know like a we would call it like a casual fan I think but yeah. when I was watching this one she was like they're doing this again like there is it just like six seasons seven seasons of like will they or won't they and I was like no but kind of it is like it, it kind <laughs> yeah. of is always there in the background like even like sometimes it's not full on like the whole like the tax episode or you know like episodes where the main premise is actually that they don't like each other there's always like a soft landing and so I feel like your point is like is right like I, there's she definitely has like a connection with him and like if they're working towards the same thing and her life because I feel like I, I think Dorothy looks back more with more fondness on her marriage than Sophia for sure even though like Stan cheated the whole time and you know 
financial situation was precarious, all that. Like, I get the sense that like Dorothy's able to hold on to the good parts of that with more kind of tenderness, um, which makes sense. Like she experienced them probably more directly than Sophia. But right. um, I think like Sophia doesn't have any, she doesn't have any of that. I think she has such a clear cut, like, this is wrong. You're not doing it. And I don't love the way she approaches it, obviously, but I do definitely understand where she's coming from, where she's like mad at Dorothy, I think for, for doing this to herself again. And also like kind of wants to like shake Dorothy a little bit and be like, why would you do this? Like, I don't think shake her like, like, yeah. Like, you know, like by the, by the shoulders and be like, why are you doing this? Yeah, exactly. Um, Exactly. Like, come on. Yeah. I mean, Ugh. it's got to be so hard especially as a, as, a, as a mom right of just like now i understand this of like when you just see your kid make the same fucking mistakes you're like oh my god it was hard enough the first time <laughs> come on you know especially yeah. because she's seen dorothy just really grow so much you know she's really yeah. seen who she's become and that's why i think it's amazing um can i can i skip a little bit? i'm gonna skip a little bit just because this is really connected um yeah where like you know the whole the whole thing at the end where um Dorothy <laughs> Dorothy says like you know like where you know stands basically like are you sure you know like and Dorothy goes yes i think i'm doing the right thing right like where she thinks about that and like she you can see her wheels turning in her head when when she breaks it off with him i think i'm doing the right thing i literally just realized <laughs> in rewatching this you know episode now however many years later and however many times later that that doing the right thing is a friggin' callback to sophia saying dorothy you always do the right thing I, literally wow. i mean it sounds so stupid that i didn't know that but because b arthur delivers it as in she would just say that in general I really, I really never even realized it, which of course makes this episode even more brilliant. And I mean, everybody out there would be like, groan, of course it's a callback, Sarah, you idiot. You love callbacks. How did you not catch this? But anyway, I, I thought it was really nice because it's this, it's what a parent really should do, which is like, I know you, I trust your judgment. I'm letting you know that we had this tension and I want to slap you because I care about you. Um, but it's up to you. And then those words are, you know, hopefully echo in your kid's mind and then they, they parrot them back. So, and, and make the right choice. So anyway, it was, it was just amazing. <laughs> and I really, I do think as, as is usual with the, you know, Sophia and Dorothy um, storylines, they, they do a really nice job. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think like, it's funny, they do a good job. I think even like building that whole sort of subplot, like <laughs> I love when Blanche is like, maybe you should talk to her in an Italian sort of way. <laughs> like, you know, like ask her permission essentially, which is so, you know, obviously I don't like that, but I think. Yeah. I mean, that's it's, it's really whole, funny, but it's so stupid. <laughs> it's, it's also like, I've been rewatching the Sopranos and I'm like, all right, I see, I see what you're doing here. With this yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, I just think it's so like, I, I think a little bit Dorothy and Stan, I guess, bring it on themselves is my point is like, they decide that they're going to try to appeal to Sophia. And so they invite this sort of like open air feedback. And not that Sophia is hiding it before. Like she. Oh, yeah, yeah. 
sticks her head in the microwave but like yeah. she well it's not a direct <laughs> way it's a very petty no. you know? yeah <laughs> i want to get this over with as quickly um, <laughs> that's really it's such a good line <laughs> it's such a good line um microwave humor um but like i i think they basically i think like that's the the, the point too is like sophia doesn't air all of her grievances i guess until it's asked which is hard for her like i think she's even as much as she's letting out like she's still kind of keeping it censored and like right. i think you're right also when she comes to this conclusion of like dorothy one dorothy's gonna do it anyway if she wants to and two like it's her mistake to make if she wants to do it again and that is sort of i feel like a lot of the theme of like when we see parenting questions of like what to do as a parent like in this show that's always sort of the right path is like ultimately you might not agree with their choice but like you can't just be so opposed to it that you refuse to have a relationship with them because that's not it's not productive in any way and it's not you know fulfilling anybody in any way and I think Sophia's pivot from that sort of does really speak to their relationship and also like the Sophia as a as a mother and a parent which like sometimes is a little sort of old world you know but yeah, I think ultimately like she comes to the right place and she also like does trust Dorothy exactly. um also Kate and Michael didn't come to their parents wedding what is that come that is a huge <laughs> plot hole <laughs> I know right they're both like fuck you we're on grandma's side <laughs> yeah exactly um you know we never get to see stuff like the bridal shower and, and like I really do like it I think it's really funny I love 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 Rose's like incredibly complicated game that nobody <laughs> wants to play nobody wants to follow but she's not picking up on that at all it's so oh endearing God, it's to great. me it's great i love it <laughs> shout out to uh chris at golden girls posters who made a spatula 11 t-shirt um and that's a deep cut <laughs> it's really such a great deep cut <laughs> Oh <laughs> my god. Um but anyway, going back to, you know, Sophia's the godfather and stuff. I really like how Blanche sort of brings that to Dorothy's attention because Blanche is like, is that what's bothering you, Sophia? No one asked for your permission, you know? And like you see again in real time like Blanche sort of recognizing it in conversation with Sophia. Um and she she recommends it to Dorothy, you know, to like as a and justifies the means types of thing, which is really nice. And that's, you know, I mean that's just like it's exactly what a best friend should do, right? It's like, I know what you're trying to accomplish and let me try to find the easiest way to get there um, to help you out. But yeah, did I sit down? Helpful. Have I, I sat down say. yet? <laughs> <laughs> also, that. another callback. I'm Stan, Sophia, over here. Oh, sorry. I thought it was one of those, am I sitting questions? <laughs> yeah, I love that too. She's <laughs> <He's> really trying. <laughs> it's incredible. It's incredible. But anyway, back to the bridal shower. So um you know, I, I do, again, let's talk about Rose again being less of a prude. She's like conniving with Blanche, obviously Blanche's idea, but conniving with her about a stripper. Yeah. Wild. And she's like, we're missing it because of these stupid blindfolds. Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, it's really incredible. Um, It's so genuine. <laughs> I know. It's really fantastic. Oh my God oh boy um and then but i mean also the whole like the stickers um about yeah, so like good. crossing your legs which is like such a hilarious i mean it's it can't it's not any worse than like a baby shower with like putting chocolate bars and diapers but anyway Ugh, it's just it's God. just like hilarious and like says so much about 
how we view women in our society, women getting married of like <laughs> keeping keeping your legs together. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but the visual gag is really great with the stickers that, you know, Blanche Trump coming in. I really like that a lot. Yeah, um, it's really funny. And like, yeah. <laughs> she, they all started with a lot, which is also like, <laughs> I don't know. It's, I think it really works for what it is, but yeah, it's so ridiculous. And <laughs> even like, um, like, the I don't know the whole concept of a bridal shower is super bizarre and like I I like that it's all these women that we you know Lois is there like all of these yes exactly I make them myself um, (laughs) yeah (laughs) so silly um yeah also wait to go back a little bit I do want to talk about the ring and the potato because oh absolutely I one love that like so it's a very important vegetable to him as Dorothy says and um (laughs) I feel like that's another like you know like like organ donation like long lost relatives like things like that like proposing by putting the ring in something in like a glass of champagne or like piece of cake or something like that I do feel like was something that one sitcom writer like thought of or like saw and then was like wow we're all gonna do that and that came I mean, up it has so to many be times some some creative way right that's so funny. yeah yeah and that's what's so <laughs> great is like he's still stan when he's like stick your finger in it like he's still this like bumbly guy as much as he's changed he's still and you pig um this morning <laughs> it's really hilarious um, I do, yeah, it's really funny, like, the, like I said, I, I really like the whole, like, it's for keeps, you know, like, line, and, um, <laughs> where he goes, like, you're not leaving me a whole lot of personality room, are you? All right, the puka shells, like, it's yeah. a very good conversation, <laughs> is very them, um, but it is funny that you can tell they're in this, like, hot and heavy era where it's, like, you know, um, <laughs> Where like they're just like whispering to each other not actually like having a conversation like you know it's like it's just so schlocky romantic as opposed to like real talk you know like because I think you know it's funny because it's like it it's it's actually emblematic of a conversation you might have with your ex who you already married and had like a terrible divorce with but actually not because like you really want to see like people putting in the work and really discussing like how we're going to avoid the pitfalls that happened last time right which like you you it's sort of implied to my point earlier of like Dorothy is like handled that already behind the scenes but like you don't actually see that so it's funny because I I like the proposal scene but it also is so schlocky <laughs> yeah totally which i think like it's just like another custom of like similar to the bridal shower of like yeah this is so it's just like such a cliche sort of like we really want you guys to see that like they're getting married and like they're doing it all they're they're proposing and they're having a shower and then i know whatever and then like stan's best man of course stan has no friends and his best man is an attorney <laughs> that should have been a red flag before anything else oh my like God. His, it's his, his lawyer he's a divorce attorney like he's a he's a celebrity attorney like it's hysterical um definitely check out matt browning's book for more on marvin mitchelson but it's it's just it's really funny um yeah i (laughs) i don't know it's it's really it's funny the also going back to the potato uh reference is like (laughs) i this is the first and only time and this shows how much i follow jewelry that i've heard the term baguettes um Mm. to refer to what i now know from uh looking it up many years ago and and again recently is it's like a sort of squarish rectangle-ish 
shaped diamond on the side of a ring um but i do i I mean obviously with context clues you could figure it out but i think it's really funny that it's like again in this like wedding culture of like rose who is not a glitzy glamorous woman by any means was just like oh yes baguettes (laughs) (laughs) again like generational whatever but it just it just cracked me up where i'm just like am i supposed to know these terms like about engagement rings anyway too funny uh (laughs) he had the ring in the potato (laughs) (laughs) oh man anyway um i do love the uh you know, Rose, you've always called me Dorothy's born. Like, I know, but I never really meant it, you know, <laughs> um, which I kind of feel like has a, has a little bit of a nugget of truth in there. Like, I do feel like people who have, you know, I mean, you can go on a whole thing about women who take, you know, husband's last names and things like that of like destroying their own personality and then they get a divorce and then you're like, okay, I know a bunch of people who have reverted to their, to their original name. I won't call it a maiden name, um, but <laughs> I know a bunch of people who keep it too. And, you know, it's just obviously convenience sake or they like the name better or whatever it is. And it's like, um, it's just interesting to me too. Cause it's like, it is that part of you that's still attached to your ex, um, which is really interesting. There's a lot of, there's a lot of, uh, again, also metaphor there. <laughs> yeah, <of>. totally. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I obviously have a lot of thoughts about that, but yeah. um, everybody gets to make their own choice. Um, Totally. Yeah. And I I firmly believe that, but there is something to be said about like literally giving your name, you know, it's really, it's wild. Yeah. It's incredibly patriarchal too. It's like, unless there's a discussion and it's a possibility, which sometimes it is, I think it actually often is of like, what are we doing? Uh, If you feel like it's important to have the same last name as your partner. But I think there are certain circles in which that like would never even obviously that wouldn't come up it's like you know happen um and i honestly i feel like rose is a member of those circles and so like yeah i I think like her point of like i think i'm gonna have to get used to calling you dorothy zbornak is like there is some truth to it i think you're right about that and like it's just it we roses roses from minnesota people are they don't lie you know they're exactly i know it's gotta feel weird for them right yeah totally by the way that was a really good rose impression great great inflection thank you thank you i'm actually a little sick so i feel like my voice is like it's lending itself to my performance it is yeah exactly it's working really well um well in in just the sake of sort of uh, dividing the uh the episode in half here the only other thing i have from from the first portion is uh I, I really do love the the Godfather reference where she goes, I'll just make her an offer I can't remember. She can't remember. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> and she does think of herself as the Godfather. I think that's also funny. Like totally. It's really the vibe is really funny. It's it's a very good ending for the first portion. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> She's not into it. Exactly. Um, that's my final word. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Oh, no, that's right. Oh my god, I forgot about that. <laughs> Excuse me, you pawn the ring. That's my final word. <laughs> yeah, I love that. um but in part two again like i love that we sort of you know flash forward a little bit and um (laughs) the first line i have written down is what sophia's like some the last time i walked into your room unannounced some guy missed the trampoline and almost killed me (laughs) like just to actually have like that whole line about like blanche sleeping late is just really fucking funny to me (laughs) like no one's gonna go into their room into her room (laughs) and then we go right into the chuck <laughs> all the different chucks, which is Chuck so funny. They chuck from shell or little chuck from shell. 
I think you're so spending funny. too much time at the full service island. And again, <laughs> another episode full of callbacks. Oh, Chuck, yo! <laughs> oh my god, when she's on the phone, amazing when Rose, because like, I, yeah, I, I just think that's such a good, that's such a great choice by the writers to have that sort of tie up that whole interaction because Rose is so scared, like so afraid of Myra. And then the Chuck bit is just like so funny and so sort of like, it's like a little bit of low-hanging fruit, I think. Like, of course, Blanche is like hooking up with everyone at every gas station. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> but it's really funny. I think it doesn't. It doesn't matter that it's like kind of an obvious go-to. Oh, um, that's great. That's great. I love it. But I also, I mean, I think that the part that requires a little bit of a stretch of an imagination is that, like. <laughs> Is that Chuck wouldn't say anything on the phone and just be breathing heavily? Yeah, <laughs> like, like gotta... I feel like you're like is is the point they're making this guy is so dumb that he doesn't know what to say to somebody who isn't Blanche? I mean, it's it just cracks me up. Oh my god, it's so funny. Um, yeah, but it's it's really great. Uh, so all right, let, let's let's go back into you know where so again, Rose is really afraid of Myra and like you know they they we had referenced in the first part of like women should always check their cars and she's like oh I'm, I just want to hold hold it under my uh, chin to make myself look <laughs> scarier but she gets the the dog barker bell which I think is really funny and it's like it totally reminds me of you know the the burglary episode where you know Rose is all about like falling for this salesman of like all of his gimmicks of like this is how you protect yourself like like a doorbell ring like all of these dogs are really gonna scare somebody um it just (laughs) it just really cracks me up but when when B Arthur comes in, you know, Dorothy walks in the door of getting the mail and she's like, push the doorbell, you know. Um, it's funny. I, I'm wondering, like, does she is she wearing super thin sandals or is she actually barefoot? Because, you know, you could see her feet, too, when she steps on the the mail um, or she stomps on the mail. And she's like, there you go. And she's like, you're just wise because B Arthur <laughs> loved being barefoot like all the time. But I couldn't tell if like she just had like a really thin sandal on. What do you think? I thought it was a sandal. I okay. I also took that note. Um, I think also like she's often wearing like, yeah, like totally super thin, like barely there sandals essentially, which yeah, um, is them sort of observing the Miami climate rather than like when Blanche is wearing a fur coat. Um, totally. totally. <laughs> yeah, I think she is wearing like very small sandals because I was also like it's just also like that is so out of character in like the physical delivery of for like what we know of Dorothy and B. Arthur just really takes it and runs with it. Like I'm sure it was with, like yeah like the yeah. turn you know like the twisting and turning while she's doing it because like <laughs> I bet it was written like Dorothy jumps on the envelope and like she just like makes it so much more than it is. Like I, I really so, yeah. I really love that. It's true. The twisting and turning is an interesting touch that's clearly an acting move to your point, right? that like yeah may not feel like Dorothy but it's it totally does because she is mocking Rose (laughs) as she's doing it right it's like this practicality of like I have to stop on the envelope but then I'm also like check it out like oh yeah I'm killing all the poisonous spiders (laughs) and it works for Rose like Rose really feels better (laughs) oh my god it's really fantastic so um Anyway, the, you know, so Truby, of course, like absolutely effing glorious, especially the setup where she's dark. He's like, God, I wish she didn't have to meet you people. 
yeah blanche is really nervous about it yeah, yeah you think we're impression. dogs don't you now that's too <laughs> eerie um when the when the when the bell barks you know and then she goes that's too eerie rose has the most self-satisfied look because she's so proud of the doorbell she really does and room Flanahan oh. just looks and is like oh my god oh, like you know like she know. processes and she reacts and it's just so good like it's so like acting without words and even really acting without moving I feel like is so like such a hard thing to do and like they really all can do it and like Blanche is just sitting there like hearing it and being like okay but (laughs) I think you know we've mentioned this before the other challenging part is that you're acting without words and you're acting as the character reacting to this which works for a pause in this scenario but you're also pausing for the audience laughter and you can't let on that you are pausing for the audience laughter it's really hard like if you think about how hard that is that's pretty crazy so that's what she's doing and it's it's really brilliant and then you have Sophia coming in the dogs are in a hotel again run through the river run through the river (laughs) it's really it's just an, an exclamation point on that whole bit right it's like you can't it's such it's such a stupid thing like a dog bell dog door yeah but they really they milk it it's wonderful I know it works and it, it kind of it does feel like it shouldn't because it's like such a stupid thing but it, it really does work um, and, um uh, how about our how about our wedding planner I love we're not Godzilla attacking the city you would not believe how often I work that into conversation <laughs> like, I love it teeny steps also totally <laughs> reminds me of um when we were talking about <laughs> when Sophia's is missing in the hospital uh when uh, rose is meeting her father and um he says like you know it's late i've lost my mother excuse me if i don't have the rolling gate of an infomaniac which on this podcast for those of you who don't know or follow us on social media um i had called out and i said chris golden girls posters we need a t-shirt like ha 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 and then like literally the next day he's like here you go so now i own that t-shirt <laughs> If you ask, he delivers. Yes, exactly, exactly. So, uh, one, thank you, and two, that this line totally reminds me of that, right? It's like a <clears throat> another play on just like, okay, like you need to be delicate. And Dorothy's like, Jesus fucking Christ, let me just walk down, you know. Um, yeah. But I'm happy. I'm so happy that we have the wedding planner back. I I wish he he's got that great line. We're not Godzilla attacking the city, but I wish he had a little bit more because it's the you know it's look here stretch back again. Um, yeah and, um, he, he didn't leave the field he's still no working. he never left the field he just pivoted the sensitive <laughs> assistant and cheese puffs were too much so he went to the the you know putting together the rehearsals yeah, but yeah also speaking, and... speaking of the rehearsal can we talk about the priest blah 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 followed by <laughs> rings and into the vows love that that's what you want to rehearse very you helpful to do yeah <laughs> oh god i love it so Sophia walking in and, and she's just like she's like forget what I said I, I'll see you tomorrow yeah that delivery it's so dramatic but it's so good it's delivery so good. Is fantastic see you tomorrow um but yeah so <laughs> I do also love again Blanche's coming through of like talking to Sophia <clears throat> and um you know, you have to have that throwaway line, like crazy or stupid. We think it's a mix, like where Truby walks by, yeah. which is really great. Um, but as Blanche is like, Rose made two very good points. One, not all psychotics are dangerous. <laughs> and two, you know, I mean, and, and it's, again, you think that that's going to be just the joke. And then, you know, 
Sophia's like, yeah, I sort of agree. I still think Rose has the capacity to kill. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. <laughs> Which I will say, you know, on um, Enough Wicker, we we link to this awesome um, article about like proof Rose Nyland is a murderer. <laughs> It's actually by Tiffany Lucky, um, and it's really great. And it, it goes through, you know, talking about like killing Charlie, killing Al, like, you know, yeah, Mrs. Claxton. <laughs> she's got, she's really got a record. So I think it's really funny, like that little like drop of like Rose has the capacity to kill, and you're like, well, yeah, actually, there's there's a lot of yeah. a lot of proof there. <laughs> totally. Oh um... my god. It's really cute when they're all sort of like getting ready with Dorothy, which like it, it is again, like it's a very sort of like stamp of Susan Harris. Yeah. Of like, yeah. we're always, there's so many scenes where they're getting ready for a wedding and like, it kind of always goes the same way where it's like, whoever was like objection, like had the objection before, like comes in and like voices it or decides not to voice it or whatever. And Sophia's entering and is like old enough is, is really sweet. She comes to this conclusion on her own. Um, yeah. So I love that. And that's sort of like what I remembered. But what I didn't really remember, like, it's kind of not that, uh, it's a bit of a throwaway exchange, I guess, that I thought was really funny, was when Blanche is giving her a bracelet to borrow. Yeah, and she's like, right, well, yeah. you're, you're just borrowing it. You're going to give it to me right after the ceremony. Like, I really <laughs> love that. It's very Blanche. It it's me. like, <laughs> <laughs> so good. It like, I didn't remember that at all. And I was like, wow. That's really funny. Like it. The part I really love is where um, where we get to the touching bit, you know, again, the threat to move out, always present, um, is where Rose goes like, you know, you're going to walk down the aisle and you won't be home tonight. It was like such a, you know, such a little wistful, like, you know, sadness. Um, and I, I think it's interesting because they don't, they don't get into too much of like, like they focus solely on Sophia telling Dorothy she's making the mistake. Rose and Blanche are all for it, but like, we don't actually, one, I think it's because there's not enough time, even in a two-part episode, to sort of cover their thoughts about it. But I think that it's interesting because, you know, Rose is always the one that's like most fearful of like the gang breaking up kind of thing. Right. And I really love that that line is there because it really does call to home of like, okay, but she's moving out, guys. We haven't talked about this like the entire time except like yes in like talking about the roommates but like never in an emotional way um you know like obviously shopping for a new roommate and that kind of thing but like it's i really love that line it makes me like wince a little bit because you know you won't be home tonight like that's that's really that's really sad you know it's like they have to deal with it so yeah very cute very cute um i have a question for you so okay i have always wondered this and i sort of finally kind of pieced it together in my mind and i wonder where where you're at too when Dorothy walks into the room with, uh, you know, right when before she breaks up with Stan, where Stan and Marvin Mitchelson and a photographer and Marvin is like pulling Stan back, <laughs> like like Stan's like lurching forward and Marvin's like pulling Stan back. And there's a photographer like kind of by the doorway where, where Dorothy walks in. I always thought it was the weirdest thing like the weirdest blocking if you will like for when Dorothy walks in because I was like what is actually happening like it almost looks like they're caught in the middle of something <laughs> and so I I have my own theory what what one did you notice this or do you notice this when you watch this episode and two like what what do you make of it well so I did have a note I had like I think 
I believe that Stan has no friends. And so like his closest person to him is his attorney who like, I think sometimes attorneys like serve this purpose of like hyping him up. And one, I think Marvin is probably pissed off at Stan for not bringing this up before 10 minutes before the wedding as his lawyer. And also I think he's probably trying to like, I think he's probably trying to be like, you have to do this. And like, I don't think Stan doesn't want the prenup, but I think he's a little bit afraid. And like, it's clear in his delivery of like, it's just a little, you know, he's the lawyer. And I said, okay, you know, like there's not, the thing is also like, Dorothy's not going to do it. Like, I don't think she would have done it if it had been presented in a different way. But, like, in Stan's defense a little bit, like, he did make a bunch of money. I think if he had an attorney who was, like, a corporate attorney, like, anybody would push someone in Stan's position to get a prenup. And, like, so I don't know. That's what I took from it, that, like, Marvin was, like, trying to get him to do it and, like, sort of, like, running, like, rehearsing almost with him. And then also when... You mean, like, rehearsing the delivery of the... Of the prenup, I think. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, because then when Dorothy comes in, Marvin sort of, like, steps out of the frame and is like, go ahead, Stan. You know, like, I don't know. That's what I take from it. But did you think that they wanted, like, photos of the prenup? (laughs) No, I thought it was photos. So because of the photographer, which, to I must admit, I had not noticed the photographer there until this rewatch. I think... That I mean, clearly, I agree with everything you said, but I don't think that has to do with this particular position that they find themselves in physically. I think it's supposed to be some sort of broy joke about the best friend trying to prevent his friend from like making a big mistake, um, as as oh, horrific patriarchal stuff is wont to do. You know what I mean? Like of like the best man, like oh, you don't do it. Marriage is a trap or whatever. Like, wow. I, mean, I, I guarantee that the internet is flooded full of douchebags who like are doing this while at the same time getting married, which I'm just like, you guys need fucking help, professional help. Anyway. Um, but that's, <laughs> that's what I think it is because the photographer is there. They're, they're taking photos together. Like, and it's the best man, you know, and, and the groom and like the best man pulling on the groom's arm. Anyway, I, I just, I had to be like, cause other times I've watched this, this, um, episode, like I said, I've just always like, why are you in this position? Like that seems, this show is so tight and buttoned up. It doesn't seem like they would just be like in a weird, it, it just is a weird position to be standing in instead of just like friggin' standing and talking, waiting for the bride to come out. You know, and like to me, it's like, you know, if they were having that conversation about like Marvin, like prepping him for the prenup combo, they would sort of be like face to face or like arm around each other. Whereas this one is him like pulling him. It's very, very strange. So I don't know. (laughs) It's sort of similar takes, I think. Like, yeah, maybe the specifics are a bit different, but I feel like we're both sort of like in the same in agreement. Oh, the same vibe. There's something like gross going on. Like whatever (laughs) it is, it's, it's. That is absolutely true. Oh my God. Uh, anyway, so, but yeah, uh, it's, so I, I'd be fascinated if, if people can uh, message you on Twitter and with our, you know, always, always with the um, saying that maybe Twitter doesn't exist at the time of this airing. But yeah. Anyway, we have to get in, get in contact with us at info at enoughwicker.com. It's um, an ongoing disclaimer. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. So, um, but I really do. I love the delivery. I love, you know, Sophia being like, if I lay off meat and dairy, that could be as much as five years. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> and I love like 
like we said before, like the, just the trust in Dorothy and then she gets so fired up, which, you know, this is what Stan can do to her, right? This is the Dorothy and Stan dynamic that we're so used to where she's like, well, I, I'd be confused. Would we be using your money or my money? And then Stan's like, well, go check with Marvin. <laughs> yeah, I love it's that. It's <laughs> genius. It's really genius. I love it so much. Um, but yeah, it's a really, it's a great ending and a good cap to it. Um, but um yeah, it's like, you know, it's satisfying, even though it's just like, it's kind of too quick at the end. I do love the Aruba, like, you know, um, I love Aruba. Take a vacation. <laughs> I love Aruba. Um, but yeah, I really, I enjoyed this, uh, this, this two-parter. I think it's a really good, um, you know, it, I guess it is a will they or won't they, as you said with Michelle, but it's, yeah, it, it wraps itself up nicely for my taste. It does. I think we, the only other thing I want to talk about is the Myra reveal. Um, because oh, like, yes, I, do yes, think, yes. I guess what I'm, what I think they want the audience to picture is more of like a, almost like a nurse Defarge or like a, you know, like a, a woman yeah. who would be physically intimidating. And like, totally. it turns out that it's this, you know, whatever. And Myra is so, in a lot of ways, I do feel like a little bit like Jerry Kennedy's mother who like, obviously we'll, you know, um we'll see later and it's funny that like they're I, I don't know I think I think it's a really funny like physical reveal when it's her um and then also when Sophia's like oh, I'll tell you who does what for cigarettes it's like it ties up nicely with no need for anything else it's just like okay she's going to Shady Pines is that because she's like unhinged or like <laughs> is it I, I was wondering about that like is that because like She's threatening people with lobsters. Oh, I mean, yeah. I mean, clearly there's an implication here that the daughter is like, Jesus Christ, I'll put you Yeah. <laughs> totally. Uh, who does what? The cigarettes? Um, yeah, I think, yeah, there's, there's like, you know, there's like the loneliness factor and you're supposed to empathize with her of like, oh, it's so sweet. And she just needs community. But then <laughs> you're also like, what the fuck, dude? <laughs> Chris. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> So yes, I do think it's a bit of both, and the the daughter is really playing her cards very well. Here. <laughs> For sure. Oh man, um, do you have anything else? No, that's it. <laughs> oh, what a good what a good run! What a good run! It's um, a good one. It's a good totally. two parter. Totally. Um. All right. Well, join us next time. We're going to discuss corporate killers and scaling a couple of roofs. <laughs> <laughs> Take care, everyone.